The July 11th press release from Sage Publishing announced the acquisition of SciWheel, which will be integrated with Lean Library, part of the technology from Sage division that provides workflow services for libraries and their patrons. SciWheel founder Vitek Truss said the integration would challenge the status quo in reference management and expand library patron workflow tools into new frontiers. Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Velocity of Content. New frontiers, challenging the status quo. These are lifelong career ambitions for Vitek Truss, a serial entrepreneur, an art collector, a mathematician, and a filmmaker. Truss has been called a Picasso, a seer of science publishing, and one of the most important publishers of the last decade. In October 2016, for a CCC town hall gathering at Frankfurt Book Fair, I spoke with Vitek Tras about his remarkable career. He modestly recalled his role in the genesis of Biomed Centro in the 1990s, and with it, the open access movement, which has revolutionized research and publishing, not only for academics and scientists, but also for the general public. I am happy to share with you that historic 2016 recording, and I invite you to explore for yourself the CCC Podcast Archive, where you will find hundreds of programs on publishing and publishing technology with newsmakers and innovators from around the world. Welcome, Vitek Tras. Thank you. We're very happy you can join us and, and very happy you could come back to the Frankfurt Book Fair. I understand you were a regular visitor of the fair for many, many years, but then you stopped coming some time ago and, and now you're back. Is there, is there a feeling of nostalgia? Oh, it's wonderful to be back, yes. I have tears in my eyes all the time. <laughs> well, we are, we are also tearing up to have you back. We are very happy you could be here. I guess the question I would ask you to start is, are you surprised by what you see? Are you surprised to see us at all? Because so much of what you have been working on, uh, uh, particularly with Biomed Central, was really a way to upend the scholarly publishing system. Are you surprised to see where we are today in 2016? Uh, no, not, I'm not surprised. Science publishing is vigorous and interesting and exciting and will continue for many years. I'm not at all surprised. I've never tried to append anything. I just had some idea and tried to make it happen. I don't actually have some uh, destructive... <laughs> ideas in mind. Well, it certainly <clears throat> was disruptive, and, and I would take you back to the beginning of Biomed Central and, and ask you about your conception of it, because we want to remind people, this is a session we're talking about the entrepreneurial publisher, and we want to remind people just how entrepreneurial it was in 1996 and 97 to be conceiving of Biomed Central. It was a very risky venture. Uh, you, like many new ideas. It starts vaguely in a different way expected. The whole thing started, I visited uh, David Lipman, who is the person who runs uh, NCBI in, at NIH and who is responsible for PubMed. He basically the, at the invented PubMed. Yes, in at yes. NIH. And, and, uh, and we met for the first time. I actually came to complain because he was stealing programmers from us systematically <laughs> and paying them double the salary. It was very awkward, and I tried to stop him doing that. And we were working on a, on a loan and talking about what's happening. And the basic realization I was working with that idea for a while was that, well, until now, uh, where, 
libraries needed copies of journals in the library so that the scientists working there could get to the papers. Now that a paper, one copy of a paper somewhere on the web is enough for everybody in the world, the whole idea of um, paying for subscriptions sort of stopped making sense. And I came and I said, look, why don't we make an experiment? You start a, you start a repository for articles, and I'll start publishing articles in this new way, and we'll just make them available free to everybody. And initially the idea was we'll just make it for free, and the whole thing will be a bit like preprint, just free, but it will be fully published articles. <coughs> and initially he thought, no, it's, it's not a task for us, and lots of other things are happening. But then about a month later he sent me an email saying I can't stop thinking about it, and then I came to visit him again, and we went to see Harold Varmus. Harold Varmus at the time was the head of NIH. And we told him this idea, and this was incredible. As a second, I never had this sort of experience with a, a man running such a gigantic organization. And we just told him the idea, and Harold just said, from today, this is the most important thing in my life. Mm. It was amazing. And we started working really hard of how to make it happen. And we started it for free. It had no business concept in it at all. The whole idea was completely motivated by what makes sense for science. And uh, we didn't know whether it will make money or not make money or how to, what will happen. And on the same day, PubMed Central and Biomed Central started. I came up with both names. Uh, at the time, we were trying to think of various names. And, uh, and then... To survive, we realize we need to charge something, and, it's, and the, and the, well, the whole machinery of open access as a business model developed over a period of maybe a year, and then it lost money systematically in very large numbers for me for 10 years. Well, I, I, I want to stick with that topic for a moment about the, the business model, because that was what was critical. As you say, you, you started with a goal that was to uh, improve the distribution of science. And you got a partner in NIH, but you realized that uh, eventually you couldn't keep on losing money. I'm thinking of the line uh, in Citizen Kane about losing money, you know, millions of dollars year after year. And perhaps it wasn't that kind of a figure, but it was a significant yes. number. Okay. So that then uh, led to the development of what we now know as the gold model, the gold road. Uh, tell us how it was to uh, sort of arrive at that conclusion, that there was going to need to be a, an article processing charge. So the only model that... So when we realized that if we want to continue, we have to start having some income, uh, the concept basically was from the... Uh, from that point on, basically saying, instead of p reader paying for the article, author could pay for the article, or rather, because neither reader nor author really pays for the things, it's some institutions or fund, funders that pay for it, or governments. Um, uh, and science is a special sort of system, because it's a closed system, there's a large number of people, and all of them are both writers and readers. And there is a process happening amongst them that they publish and uh, read. And it sort of doesn't really matter at which point the payment is taken. The system has to pay for it one way or another. And so we said, let's try and see what happens. Because if the payment is done at the beginning of the process, then uh, there is the huge advantage that everybody can have access to 
everything as a really significant advantage to science and to society. And actually, it's also a really nice business model because you suddenly start getting the money at the beginning instead of the end. Uh, so we started, we realized that something like that is happening. But you know, I realized very early on when I started publishing that losing money is much more interesting than making money. <laughs> and there's, also there's probably people here who understand exactly what you mean. It's but, much, but what do you mean by that? It was well, it's much more enjoyable, and it's, you're, much, you're free to do what you like. You know, this is not what stops you. Nobody checks you out. You know, and in fact, you, uh, you're, you're, it's an incredible freedom. And so I... It worked out in practice, this basic idea that if you have an idea, don't be afraid, lose money for a while. And then when it's, as soon as something works, I sell. That's my method of survival. So I did it many times now. And I basically have some idea. I spend, invest effectively, uh, spend, and I sp spend a lot. So I can tell you, Biomed Central was tens of millions of investment before it made a penny. You know, and think, uh, but uh, you know, every year the, the losses were slightly smaller, so the pleasure was a little less. But uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> it, uh, it finally made it. But as soon as it started making money, the, I, I basically realized that's it. This idea is now working. I don't need to do it anymore, and and I sold it. Uh, and went to what I'm doing now, which is sort of beyond open access, as it were. Right, but just to stick with that again for one more moment. Uh, so as you say, you kind of left it once it started making money because it wasn't that interesting to you. But that's at the point where it became very interesting and very important to the rest of publishing, scholarly publishing, where they realized that they needed to take on board uh, the open access model, the APC model. Yes. And, they were, and they were pushed into that in large degree by the, the funders as well. Completely the funders. And, so and, and what's interesting to me is the whole process of developing Biomed Central has done something which is characteristic of the web, and that is to throw light across the entire... Uh, uh, workflow, if you will, and find players that were perhaps not so obvious in the past. So today, when we talk about scholarly publishing and open access, we talk always about the stakeholders, the funders, the authors, uh, the institutions, and the publishers. They're all part of that discussion. And that's what happened because of Biomed Central. You know, science publishing is... is uh is interesting. It sits in the middle of science. Science can't happen without publishing. And we science publishers have an incredible responsibility. And in my opinion, for many years, we've just been doing a lot of damage to science. And the system which we operate now is a bad system. It's not a good system for science. Um, the, uh, so uh, my motives in all those things is... Most of my friends are scientists. I'm not really a businessman, you know. I haven't got the faintest idea how to do business. And I, I don't know. I never read a balance sheet of profit and loss. I don't know what it means even. Uh, you know, I'm completely motivated by what seems to be good and worthwhile and useful. And then I hope to discover some route to survive it. Uh, and I think that's how all, all these ideas uh, come. They don't come as business models, <clears throat> but they come from some belief that if it's really useful and appropriate, a business model will em emerge. And it emerged in this case through APCs. But you know, by the time it started going in green and gold and silver, until now I'm not quite sure what they mean. 
I'm not interested. It's not. But, but what you're describing is the path of the entrepreneur, and that's why it's so important to be speaking with you, Vitek Tras. Um, you, you describe a, a passion kind of gripping you. You have an idea that you can't forget about, and then you bring others into it who can't forget about it, and you pursue that idea. But when you say you're not a businessman, I, I, I'd argue with you a little bit. I think you understand very well how to establish scholarly publishing businesses. You've been very successful at it. I am amazed that I was successful, you know, and I tell you many times, I was close to, to you know, being pushed to change profession <laughs> quite a few times. I love science publishing because it's so important, because it's so much in the middle of science, because it can do so much good and it can do so much bad and so much depends on us. Uh, so, <clears throat> and it's really interesting and it's constantly changing. So it's really, really... Uh, Fun, but I really, I think I was lucky. I was lucky. Well, I want to ask you one last mm. question uh, because we could continue, I think, for quite a lot longer. Uh, but the last question is this, sort of reflecting on not just the changes in publishing that uh, Biomed Central has brought about, but really uh, the social impact of that project. Have you thought about that very much, the social impact? Uh, science is spoke, science publishing is spoken about today in a way that it was not before. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's on the news. It's in the headlines. Uh, is it? I think so. Uh, uh, <laughs> I see it there. I see it there. Certainly in the UK, that's uh, true. You know, there continues to be quite... A, in, in life sciences, which is where I mainly work, there continues to be a, a real tension between scientists and publishers. And in general... Publishing, scientists are very suspicious and, uh, and have a complicated and problematic relationship with many publishers and, you know, famously some of the big publishers, a really uh, uh, difficult one. And the scientists feel that, they mis that the, the publishers misuses their uh, thing. But, you know, um, the, the changes that did happen, open access would not have happened if we depended on scientists choosing that route rather than another. It completely depended on funders and organizations. In fact, librarians, the first real supporters of open science were librarians. Before anybody else, before funders got involved, librarians started paying for autos processing charges. When we came with the idea the first time we actually asked people to pay, Librarians volunteered worldwide, many thousands of librarians volunteered. They say, we will use our library budgets and pay for articles that authors in our institutions want to publish. That's how it started, it was small, small numbers at the time, but they were doing it. And then, through discussions and things, founders suddenly realized this really makes sense for them. And they mandated. And without founders mandating, open access would not be here. It just simply would not happen. And it took many, many years that open access in the early days of Biomed Central, we published next to nothing. It was unbelievably hard to persuade authors to publish that way. And only when founders started mandating and the government started getting involved that it changed. Not, I, didn't, I didn't expect that any of it, you know, it, but that's how it happened. Well, again, I think you're being very modest about that level of change, but I want to thank you very much for joining us today. Appreciate chatting with Vitek Trust. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you.